Hello, you're listening to Teenagers Untangled, an audio hug of advice and ideas for parents going through the teenage years. I'm Rachel Richards, former BBC correspondent, parenting coach, mother of two teenagers and two older stepdaughters. Hi, I'm Susie Asley, mindfulness coach, therapist, musician and mother of three teenagers. Two of them are twins. Right, last time we introduced the nuggets section where we reflect on something we've experienced as a parent. Now, Susie, what's yours for this time? Well, mine this time is I'm doing a course at the moment online, which is about somatic therapy and how the body fits into all of all of the things we learn about, which is really, really interesting. And Don't I've, panic. No one understands that. If you can't, that it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's so. fine. Body stuff, body, yeah, body mind stuff. and body. I've been exploring um, co-regulation, which means by being with somebody else and the vibe that we send, send out, we can co-regulate. Um, amazing. So how would amazing. you do that? So we do it instinctively with babies. We pick them up and we are just there and we're kind of cooing or, you know, sending all our calm vibes and the baby calms down and we can continue to do that. And, and I think it's, it's kind of the contrast is when we're with somebody who dysregulates our nervous system. So we all know when we're with people, you know, how do you feel afterwards? Oh, I feel like a nervous wreck. That's not co-regulation. That's right. the opposite. So with our kids. So I, I just experimented the other night. Um, one of my kids had a homework that he was really struggling with. And, and normally I don't get involved in the homework at all, but he was finding it really challenging and he was clearly, um, pretty annoyed about it and it was really late and I know in the past I have maybe tried to go in and fix it and maybe escalate with them when they're struggling um so I tried the opposite and um um just sat deliberately and just didn't really say very much and just was as calm as I possibly could and sort of tried to exude just being and literally within two minutes he had calmed down he couldn't still couldn't do the maths I couldn't do the maths you know surprise there Um, (laughs) but um his voice changed, it, you know, dropped. Um, he was breathing differently and, and he wasn't like completely out of it beforehand, but he definitely calmed down and went to bed calm. And I lay with him in bed as well and, and did the same. Um, amazing. It's really easy. That's, um, that's a very interesting technique. I've yeah. done that with my, one of my daughters when she's got very stressed and I'll just hug her. Mm, and yes. I do something called Ujjayi breathing, which is from yoga. Yeah. And it's a very, very deep, slow breathing technique. Yeah. And she always says, oh, it feels so good. Yes. And then her breathing starts yeah. to work with mine. So I've done it without yeah. even yes. knowing. Yeah. And we do do it. We How do it with people, like people that we are, we we click with, we connect with, like if it's a partner or a family member, we, you know, you feel, your body feels really balanced afterwards. Yes. That's a natural co-regulation, but we yes. can do it deliberately as well. Brilliant. So for me, it was uh, a great discussion that led on to career choices. Now, my daughter turned to me <laughs> with a wry smile and said, so mommy, how's the yogurt making going? Because <laughs> she'd noticed the yogurt machine in a cupboard unused for the last few weeks. And this yogurt machine had been bought by my husband. So the first thing I said was, that was your father who bought that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to do with it. He'd suddenly decided that we're going to make this yogurt that's good for cancer and um and i got excited about making it you know mm. the whole process but i very quickly got bored of it and i said to her you need to understand something about me and it's very useful for you to think about it and the thing that i'm going to tell you about me is i am really bad at repetitive tasks so anything that involves deeper and deeper learning of the same task, which is something that, for example, craftsmen are very good at, jewelers, carpenters, all those sorts of people do this incredible deep learning of a particular skill. I'm terrible at it. 
And I know that about myself. So I get very excited and then I'll move on because I feel like I kind of know that it's not that exciting for me. And I turned into a journalist as a result because I'm very good at running out into the world and exploring every little corner I can find and pulling back information and then turning it into something that is possibly very complicated that seems quite simple. So this is my skill or my talent in life. And I said, you know, it doesn't make me a bad person that I can't keep making yogurt every week. right? It's just that I'm not suited to it. So Mm. what you need to understand is who am I? What am I good at? What do I enjoy? And if I have a low tolerance level for something, make sure I don't go into that as a career because I'm never going to be very successful at it. Mm. Whereas there are other things that I will be very successful at. So it was a really, really useful discussion. And and I had the same conversation with my younger daughter because for me, I'd learned a lot just from having to explain myself. Yes, it's really interesting. So being challenged by your teenagers isn't necessarily bad. No, no, it's very enlightening. (laughs) It gives you a chance to explain yourself. So Yeah, absolutely. Now, Susie, you treat people for all sorts of issues. One of the things that's really common amongst teenagers is an identity crisis. And so this is something we're going to discuss today because it's such an important Mm. stage that we go through. I mean, we can can have identity crisis whenever we want. You know, (laughs) midlife, people keep talking about quarter life crises. I mean, you know, but an identity crisis is defined as a period of uncertainty or confusion in a person's life. And it occurs when a person's sense of identity becomes insecure and unstable. Mm. And it's often when there's a change in their life. Now, the teenage years really are the the first big burst of this because they've gone from having quite a secure, hopefully, quite a secure understanding of that they are this person in this family. And then they're starting to branch out into the world. And it's It's quite a big shift. Yeah, and it can be really challenging. I mean, I really balk at the term... (laughs) crisis Crisis. I don't like it I don't know I know you don't like people catastrophizing things right yes that's exactly the point to call it an identity crisis Mm. how about because you know the description that you've just you know read out is I mean that describes all teenagers I mean it Mm. describes a lot of adults as well to be honest (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know identity experimentation which might be better yes they're trying on different different identities mm-hmm. because that's what they're doing. They're finding out who they are and that's completely normal. Yes. Um, and I think it's our reaction to that that can be the problem. Yes. As in many things. <laughs> could... And they're trying, it's, it's that they've started to understand that they have different social roles. Yes. You talked last time when we were talking about the empty nest syndrome. Mm. When I mentioned, you know, the roles that we play in life and you said, well, you could go deeper than that. So mm. what are your values? Yes. And it's about how we can talk to our teenagers about not simply their roles, yes. Because the, I think we'll we'll come into this this yeah, role yeah. thing because they're important too. Actually, roles tend to they can confine you. So yeah. once you say I'm this, yeah. then what you're sort of saying is you're not all those other things. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's yes, absolutely. I mean it's it's a kind of a complicated thing, really. In that, I mean, I think our identity is 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 who we are when we're not the roles that we have mm. been given so we can take them as well but you know we're, we're a daughter we're a son we're a, a brother a sister we're a school child we're a you know whatever we we're a hockey team member um and they're really important and they you know they really contribute to our whole identity but they're not who we are um so who we are is when we are just ourselves you know what what are you like inside and that's of course a you know 
a work in progress. We do, we look at that our entire lives, but the teenage years are probably where we're exploring it the most because we suddenly, suddenly become aware of all these different facets and all these different social, like you said, social, social settings that we have. And we are confronted with, well, who the heck am I then? <laughs> and I think that that's very, very difficult for teenagers if it goes unacknowledged. Yeah. If they feel... They start feeling this dis- this discomfort with who they might be, yeah. and they're grasping. They're trying to find something yeah. that makes them feel comfortable yes. about themselves, but they don't know how to go about it. Yeah, if they don't first have that internal feeling of safety inside of of kind of like, um, you know, at the age of forty, fifty, you don't know who you are exactly, but maybe a kind of inkling that I'm okay. It's it's connected to self worth, you know, that I'm okay as me. Um, I'm I'm all right. I know who I am. I know what my values are. Maybe not specifically and verbally because you know we're teenagers. It's it's mm. hard. It's mm. kind of quite abstract. But there's a sense of of being able to be with yourself in a in a in a safe, comfortable way. Um, I think that's the first step. And then if we don't have that, then then the roles that we put on or the identities we take. Uh, they are sort of scrabbling around for for a feeling of safety. We want to belong. Where do we belong? How do we know? Um, and that can be quite tricky. But it's also normal. It, it's also normal. It's very normal. It's very. It's it's a process that yeah, all teens need to go is. through. But I love what you said about um, that sense of self worth because I think that's a role we can play as parents. Yes. In it's easy for us to get panicked and worried about who our teenagers are or who they're becoming. Yeah. But we need to constantly come back to. Are we filling them with a sense of self worth? Are they yeah. are they are they aware that they're loved and they're decent yes. people yeah. underneath whatever the, it yeah. is they're displaying on the outside? Yeah, and then the identities they pick, um, they're just like putting on hats, then aren't exactly. they? Because then they're just they can put them put them on, take them off, yes. because their you know, their inner sense of worth is is isn't being rocked each time. Mm. Yes, um, but I think we also have to be careful. We touched on this um, quite a few episodes ago about giving our kids identities Mm. um and we do that often from the best place maybe it's banter in the family or or we're desperate to find something that they can do their thing I think we talked about it ages ago you know oh great you're the you're the netballer um you're the pianist you're the academic one you're the funny one you're the you're the showman um and we 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 love that um, sort of categorizing, and it makes us feel feel a bit safer. <laughs> and, they, and they feel noticed. Yeah, it's nice. It's, there's a nice, but it can go. It be, can become a problem when they then a cage. feel yeah, a cage. Yeah, when they yes. feel well, I don't want to be the academic one today. I want to, or I don't want to be the showman. Actually, I've got a stinking headache, and I don't want to be funny. Or um, for example, where you know this happened later in life for him, but Bear Grylls, who I was yes. listening to recently, who's the chief scout for the whole of the world. And he broke his back and he was an outdoor adventurer and he lay in the bed having an existential crisis thinking, wait, if I'm not Mm. those things, who am I? Who am I? Yeah. And this is inevitable, obviously, because Mm. we all are made up of the various different roles we play in life. But right at the core of that is, you know, what are my values and what what matters to me and how do I feel about myself? Um, And those roles can trap you. If if one day you break your leg and then suddenly you're not that person anymore. My eldest was, uh, you know, really good at playing music um, and he was very explicit. He, he said, I, I don't want to be the music boy. I don't want that. I don't want that 
label mm. um and he had you know other external things going on but um he ended up stopping because he didn't want that label he didn't want to be you know conforming to that label interesting yeah yes now les parrot who's a professor of psychology developed these five common ways in which teens demonstrate struggles with identity um, seeking status symbols so you know looking for clothes and possessions that give them a sense of positive affiliation and we know that this is very common for teenagers it's very normal um, but it can be extreme Uh, forbidden grown-up behaviors because that makes them feel that they can then be accepted by others because they they think that by appearing mature that they are something other than perhaps what they are rebellion many teens use rebellion as a way to show that they're different from their parents and then to be accepted by their peers um idols some identify specifically with one person we've all had somebody on our wall um and and then cliques you know forming an identity which becomes the clique Mm. so they are nothing without the clique so i've told my girls to act like a magpie look around them and the things they find attractive there's a reason you find them attractive there might be things that you don't have yet in terms of personal traits or whatever it is explore it don't think oh that if you're attracted to somebody we they used to call it pash where they the girls would be attracted to another girl who was older than them and it was more that they were fascinated by somebody else and it could be another boy another girl anybody but let them explore that it doesn't mean anything in particular it means that they are curious and they're trying to experiment they're trying to explore their identity and it's it's a good thing so i think we parents panic and think oh they're showing signs they're going to do this yes no they're just trying things out yeah yeah and the the more nonchalant we can be about them changing and the more that's because that's a normal thing oh you're, you're this this week and you're that next yes. week and okay great go for it have fun with that so that instead of you know reacting and going oh my god what's what now kind of thing yes. um then the less the less they have to rebel <laughs> and the more they can have fun with it because it is really a, a, an interesting time for them and i have noticed that with all my kids i have coached them without really knowing it right. about their identities mm. And, you know, for example, one of them said once, oh, I, I think I'm seen like this and I don't really want to be yeah. seen like that. How do I, what do I do? And I said, well, you could, you could represent yourself to the world. So, you know, we're now living in an era of social media and that reflects back on us who we are. And so I said, well, you could present your, you can either try different clothes out mm-hmm. to, to signal to people that you're different from the person that they might have thought you are. You can present different images on social media about yourself. You know, this is all about trying on different hats and yeah. showing signaling to other people that you are not stuck in that particular yeah. role. But it's also about how she sees herself. Yes, that's the key, isn't it? And it's this kind of like, there's almost two parts to it, isn't there? There's the internal identity that we talked about before, you know, how do you feel inside? Do you feel, do you feel good? Do you feel comfortable in your own skin? Um, and then there's the external identity, which is the, you know, what you're talking about now, the you're trying on different hats. So what do, what, what do you want to present outwards But if you haven't got the, if you don't feel safe in your own skin, then, then it's, it's hard to try on hats without it being uh, yes. problematic. Yes, because if you don't actually have a fixed identity of any type, yeah. then every time, for example, if you spend time with other people, then you will try and become that other person. Yeah. So there's the a classic, I remember girlfriends who would start dating some 
boy and suddenly their favorite hobby was hockey or and they'd buy everything or yeah. they you know they, they'd suddenly yeah. then now they're windsurfing and yeah. they're trying it out which is great which is fine until but they'd suddenly yeah. you know their new identity was entirely this and then the <laughs> yeah. relationship would end and suddenly you go so how's the surfing and they go oh no I'm not I'm, no. I do it anymore. <laughs> But we can, you know, give our kids identities with the best will in the world, can't we? And I've been aware of, of doing it myself. Um, and I thought I was quite aware of not doing it. But um, um, my youngest boy is, is really sociable. Um, he loves being hanging out with his mates. And um, so we've started to call him party boy in the house, just, you know, from a I don't know, just a, a nice little nickname. <laughs> and he thinks it's funny. And then I was suddenly aware, like, oh, I'm not sure that's a great name because, no. you know, <laughs> what if he doesn't want to be party boy or what if he's, you know, yes. wants to stay home? Does yes. he then feel, uh, I'm sure he doesn't read much into it, but it's just this idea that we can give labels without even realizing we're doing it and just being aware that, you know, it's fine to do it, but it doesn't, you can take it away as well. And so much of it is about other people's expectations. Yeah. And I remember yes. going to university and I was so excited about getting to university. I was the party girl. Mm. Everyone was coming back to my room and it was just great fun. Yeah. And um, I became known as that person. Yeah. So for the first two terms, that was my identity. Yeah. And then I thought, actually, I don't want to be this person. I'm just exhausting. <laughs> oh, but yes, I can't fit that role. And my, my other daughters experience this too. Yeah. And and suddenly you're not the person that they think you should be yeah. and you get punished for it. Mm. And so it's about being brave enough to say, you know what, I'm not, I, I don't want to yeah. make myself into something that doesn't work for me yeah. and accepting that it's okay to be yeah lots of different things yes. and people find it more it's the people outside who find it complicated yeah. more complicated than the person inside who's reworking their personality because yeah, where are they going to hang out in the evenings if you're not party girl that's inconvenient <laughs> isn't it <laughs> i done it with my daughter as well like she's amazing with animals she's like the animal whisperer and the child whisperer they all sort of flock to her and so we've talked about that loads um and um, it's a lovely thing and um, I said well you know you could you could you know explore that later in your life if you want to and do all these different things and she's like yeah I'm I'm also really good at English you know <laughs> and I could do that and that and I'm like yeah yeah okay and backed off immediately <laughs> okay I've laid because then you, you notice it and that's the great thing because yeah. you're aware of it and so I think what we need to do as parents is just be aware that when we try and say things to our kids and it's all coming from a, a well-meaning space, yeah. we're thinking, oh, what career can they have? What, you yeah. know, you're great at this, you Who could do this. They? You know, back off a bit. Yeah. And if you get that feedback, say, ah, okay, sorry, what I've done is I've yeah. boxed you in there. You're then also that. You're you also that. Also all, you, all these different things. Um, and you might be something completely different next week. Go for yes. it. Yes, yes. And it's okay to yeah. experiment. You don't have to be anything in particular. Don't let other people. And it's a really interesting one because there, there's, a case of a young man who went on YouTube because he was interested in getting followers and he played his instrument mm. and got no interest whatsoever. He was a classical string player, wasn't he? Classical string player. <laughs> mm. We're really interesting, you know. <laughs> I bet you would be. You were his one follower, weren't you? And then he decided, okay, that's not working. And so he started eating things mm. um, with people watching. You know, what, what do you want me to eat? And people suddenly started watching That's him so and, and goading him. He was him. amazing at his instrument. Exactly, exactly. And they were goading him and saying, you know, try eating this. Oh, can you eat too much? And and he's ended up being extremely obese mm. and his personality has completely changed mm. and he's quite offensive and unpleasant, mm. um, obviously entertaining to people. Mm. The, but what's really interesting about it is that our personalities can morph. We get feedback from yeah. people and if it's a feedback pushing in pe someone in um, one direction when they have 
a personality, an identity that's not really yeah. settled yet, it can be quite negative. So yeah. it's always giving our teens this feedback. You know, their home environment, we have some control. We can give them positive feedback yeah. about the things that they're doing as as a human being just what yeah. is it about you as a human being that i love and just always yeah. i love you yeah i just love you i yeah. love you, you whatever you are and personality is an interesting one as well isn't it because we you know we we used to think that personality was just something you were born with and that was just that's the end <laughs> mm. but now we know that or there's this you know research that it's it's that's not how it works it evolves and it's um you know actually your personality can be a response to you know something traumatic that's happened in your life earlier so the good girl could be um uh, just a response to um something bad that's happened that you felt you had to be this particular way as a child and that evolves and stays as a habit for for years and years and years but that's not actually who how you were born interesting um so it's a much more fluid thing Yes, yes. And again, with our social media environment, we have to, we should really recognise that that can actually play a role yeah. with our, our teens. Yeah. So if we want to help our teens who may be struggling a little with this, once again, it's it's feeding back that they're loved and they're important for who they are, not anything, any particular role that they're playing for us. Modelling healthy attitudes towards our own identity. Mm. So, you know, yes, I'm a mother but I'm so many other things yeah. and being able to sh- demonstrate to your, your team that actually it's okay to not want to try and be one person. Yeah. But it, trying out different roles yeah. can be a good thing. And that you're comfortable in your own skin. I think yes. that's a really, yes. really amazing lesson to teach our kids. Avoid making comparisons between teens or your, your children yeah. because it, we, as we've heard, it can be quite destructive. Or and at really least easy to do because we love do. categories and you're, yes. the, you're the funny one, you're the bright one, you're the... Yeah, and none of it's set in stone. None of it's set in stone. Yeah, if it doesn't work, if you try this outfit on or you try this style of being a person and it doesn't work, fine, <laughs> try something. Yes, because that was, the, that was the other thing. I got this sense that my kids felt that once they had been a certain way that they really were being inconsistent if they weren't Mm. that way and I said and I said well if they confront you about it or if you even talk to people about it just say I'm a teenager I'm supposed to change yeah this is this is my job (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to be trying out this stuff and I say I you know when I had a whole group of girls around a table the other day I just said girls experiment try things try try different clothes do what it's great I love that you've all got different styles you know do because it's harder when you're older yeah and it's the response that they get that is the tricky bit isn't it it's our response and we don't like change we don't like change (laughs) so just to wrap it up i think we can really help our teens by telling them how identity works and that spending time figuring it out is is healthy and normal and coming back to signs that they don't feel a strong identity for example if your teen is obsessed with designer clothes you can tell them that you totally understand why it's important and why they feel the need to belong then tell them what other qualities you see in them and, and maybe reinforce that they are so much more than just that image and talk about the downside of trapping yourself as being just one type of person. Or like my teen who ended up in a park with a group who drank alcohol at the age of 13. And we talked about her need to belong. But I also asked her if that role was the one that she actually wanted to choose because eventually people were going to define her as that person. And I think as a teenager, she can choose from a range of identities. So I try to support her in thinking about who she really is inside and how she can find people who bring out the best in her. 
what worked for you? Maybe you're having your own identity crisis and these are ideas that can help you think about your own core values and who you are besides the roles you play. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at help at teenagersuntangled.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. And everything is on our website at www.teenagersuntangled.com. Now, next, we'll talk about stinky teenagers. But first, Katrina in Jakarta wrote to tell us that she really enjoyed listening to our podcast on Empty Nest. Susie. Amazing. From Jakarta. That's a really long way away. Yes. Um, Thank you so much for this. I really enjoyed listening, as I'm sure many, many other members would too. Was was very taken by surprise how hard I found it. So a lot resonated with me. And your explanation and tips are spot on. Thank you, Katrina. That's really lovely. Amazing. And Katrina is a social worker. She has a fantastic list of resources that she circulates. You know, one of them was about eating disorders and I'm going to put that onto the episode the the podcast notes on the episode where we talked about um, helping your teen develop healthy eating habits because Mm. actually I watched the TED talks and it was amazing so she circulates this list she's put our podcast onto it thank you so much that's amazing the more listeners the better so do share us with anyone who might benefit from our chats now this uh, Mrs M 68 that's her handle I have battled with my daughter all her life about washing. When she was little, bath time was a nightmare with lots of screaming and tears. She is now 17 years old, working and growing into a lovely young lady. She has lots of good qualities and I'm very proud of her. Her bedroom is a tip, but I understand that it's just a teenage thing. I can't, however, ignore her poor poor personal hygiene. I have two other children, one older and one younger than her. And all of us, including my husband, shower every day. She doesn't. Mm. So tricky, <laughs> tricky, tricky. Yeah. I mean, we have an honesty policy in our house. Um, have had for quite a while because I sometimes think that they just don't know. Like, mm. and it's just like kind feedback. And I've always done it in a way that is without emotion, without any judgment or shaming or, you know, you should know better sort of attitude. Like, honesty policy you you smell you need to go and have a shower Mm. Um, and you know I've got two boys who do a lot of sport one of them particularly now does a lot of sport and they wear these awful polyester tops that really reek stinky socks because they've got um plastic football boots and you know there was a while where he he didn't realize that he's he's totally on it now they're all fine but I would just go you, you 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 smelled I'm just letting you know you you do actually smell now and I think it would be great if you went and had a shower and he goes oh okay yes and it comes back to that whole thing about optimists and pessimists and where one feels like when you say something about them it's who they are yeah the other one is it's something they're doing yes and it's just something it's just like you need to wash yeah it's not it's not that i don't like you it's it's yeah you've sweated and now it doesn't smell good yes (laughs) so i guess you know there are reasons why Mm. this might be going on so number one she might be lazy yeah just doesn't really it doesn't really matter to Mm. her um she might think it's boring there are other things that she could be doing difficulty in adjusting to puberty it's a big big change and I think we very often because we forget how it felt for us Mm. we look at it and think well it's pretty obvious what you should be doing but Mm. I don't remember my parents telling me what to do no I don't and I actually admittedly didn't really explain it in any formal way to my daughters 
one of whom picked it up much better than the other and the other one needed a lot more coaching yeah no I don't think I've ever explicitly sat them down and said this is now what happens but Mm -hmm. but little bits along the way when you go from your parents taking responsibility for your personal hygiene to actually having to do it yourself Mm. that's when you really get the choice now yes And it is a choice to an extent. It's called personal hygiene for a reason. Yeah, and I guess it can feel a bit overwhelming if you've had it taken care of, you know, for years and years. Suddenly you're like, oh, God, I didn't, how do I wash my own hair? You know, if you've got long hair, whatever the situation is. Um, So maybe a bit of guidance. I'm Mm. I'm not sure I did that with mine, uh, apart from the shaving bit. Um, But yeah, take take all the taking all the emotion out of it it's not a, it's not a personal criticism it's just biology yes and so 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 supporting them saying oh i can see that you know do, do you want some help with understanding mm. how best to use yeah. the shower yep. you know which soaps should be used when yeah. that the, why soap is important um there is an element of there are certain people it, who will struggle more with personal hygiene than yep. others you know people with um, disorders of any type yeah. you know and if you have they have autism or uh, you know ADHD or any of these things it can play into this so yes. there will be parents who have problems with their children trying to get them yeah. to do these things yeah, so definitely. it's also about not judging other parents when they've got children yeah. who are yeah living the life that yeah. they want to yeah. um, maybe oh. sort of thinking of it as a as a a natural consequence thing and in, in the you know explaining it's you know it's your choice to wash or not but if you do smell then you know it might be that people don't want to sit next to you in class Mm. or they might not want to hang out with you and you know doing it without the judgment but just as a fact you know that that could be what happens so just being aware of that because you know nobody wants to sit next to the stinky kid (laughs) nobody wants it or the one with halitosis i've had that didn't like it and actually there is a real phobia so ablutophobia is a fear of showering or bathing. Right. So there is actually a yes. thing, but I'm sure most most, most are not suffering no. from this. So I think, the, and also it may be that we know, I remember looking back at being a teenager, I, I, I was very conscious that other people might be looking at me, mm. but I didn't necessarily, I was still living in my own little world. Yeah. And I wonder the extent to which teens really understand that other people notice yeah exactly that's why it's so important to have uh, pardon the pun good clean communication mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that it's not a, a you know it's not an, a, an emotional issue yes. it's just it's just this is your, this is my feedback to you i remember my two had um had covid and they lost their totally lost their sense of smell for a really long time actually and um so you know they would check in with me do i smell i mm. i can't smell myself do i smell today and i'd go yes or no yep stand at the back of the kitchen <laughs> yeah get your armpit out of my face <laughs> <laughs> and that's a really really great point because yeah. actually the thing that is very easy for us to forget is the impact that the lockdown has had on our mm. teenagers for many of our teenagers they will have gone through two years where the normal rhythm of life didn't happen yes. at a critical point. Yes. So they weren't getting feedback from other teenagers. Mm. They didn't have a rhythm. They didn't, yeah. you know, why should I get up and shower if no one's even going to see me? Yeah, that's really So good point. it's actually really important that we become conscious that these things won't have necessarily happened and that it's worth going through yeah. it with them. They maybe haven't had the natural feedback from their peers. Yes, yes. So what can we do? Uh, I've been thinking about this and I um, you know, I don't really have a problem with this, but if I were to be struggling with it, what I would do is I would actually go through my own personal hygiene 
routine mm. and note the time that these things can take. So that, you know, the lazy, the two, I haven't got time for it, whatever. I've, I've got those times down. Mm. So two minutes for brushing your teeth in the morning, two at night, blah, blah, blah. Write a list down and then I would sit them down and I'd say, so here's how it works for me. Mm. You know, if, it, a, if it's a boy, he'll be shaving his face. If it's a girl, you know, whatever. Um, and then go through what I consider to be the non-negotiables. And when I say consider to be, obviously brushing your teeth. Because of the problems with gingivitis and the long-term health impact, both in terms of your teeth and they're now finding out more and more that it can impact other areas mm. of health in your body. It's right. really problematic, yes. So, yeah, it's, um, so flossing and, and brushing the teeth yeah. is critical. So I would go through what I consider to be absolutely non-negotiable and then other things that, you know, look, you, you find time, you tell, you know, it's not my responsibility mm. for making you do these things, but here's how you can do them. Yeah. Are there things that you don't really, you'd like to ask about? Yeah. And we, of course, we don't want them to go the other way either, which is a whole other world exactly. of, you know, washing all the time, but that, that's, that's not coming from necessarily not wanting to smell. That's, that's control issues. But, yes. But, yes. you know, we don't want to push them anywhere. Yes. And I, but I think I coming back to the sort of education element of it, um, you know, I didn't have a great relationship with, ship with my parents. And I imagine that if they had sat down with me, if my mother had sat down with me and she'd done it in a loving, caring way, yeah. I would have taken notice. I might've grumbled and gone, yeah. oh, but I probably would have taken the sheet away and, mm. and read it and thought, okay, I, I get yeah. this. I remember when I used to go as an older teenager to people's houses or away on trips. And I, these girls would have these bags with zips that were pretty and they'd smell nice. And I'd mm. look inside them and think, what's it, what's in there? <laughs> because I'd never been told. No. I'd never been given a, you know, personal healthcare kit no. in a way. So it's, it's one of those things where some parents, it's obvious that you do that. Other parents, you think, well, they should know, but yeah. should they, should they really yeah. know Yeah. And then works? if there's an issue, you can, you can bring it up in a, in a helpful way. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of, of kids who who don't just you know really dislike showering or they or it's a problem um it could also you know be relational that it's it's a bit like food isn't it, it could be a control thing when you're mm -hmm. little you have to do all these things but um you know what can you what can you not do what can you say no to or i can not get in the bath can't mm. i can not get in the shower that's under my control so it's defiance is a very important yeah. point to bring up because it could be the way their one way of proving that they have control over yeah. their own body yeah. so the way in which we talk to them about it has got to play a very big role mm. in this that's why natural consequences, you know, you, you might find that people don't want to hang out with you and, you know, that's your, that's, then it's your gig. Um, but mm -hmm. this is what might happen. And then it's. Well, also that, you know, we were talking about manners, um, last time. And actually, what you do when you walk into a room humming, and, and I'm not talking about <laughs> musical humming, is that you've now created a problem for every other person mm. in that room. Because they have to try and think, do I tell the person mm. that they're offensive or do I have to sit, do I try and yeah. find another, you know, you're actually really, really causing problems yeah. for other people without possibly knowing it. Yes. So this is where manners come in. So as a parent, I, you know, I'm not that bothered, but I'm telling you now, it's yeah. really offensive to other people and, yeah. and unkind. Yeah. And I think often people who do have a problem with, with the way they smell, um, they, they often don't know. They don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and you can outsource it. You can get books on it. 
bring in a family valued family member who they look up to mm. or just you know role model somebody who talks about hygiene perhaps yeah. I don't know just you know if you're finding it's a tricky thing for you to yeah. go into or for example you are a mother of boys and mm. it's hard sometimes to you know have you cleaned under your scrotum darling <laughs> um, could be an awkward question yes you know. I mean, the, the shaving thing, actually, I had because my, t- um, I've got a 17 year old and he's been shaving for ages. And um, I remember sort of having discussions, do, do you, you know, do you know how to do it? You know, do you want to, do you, do you need any help? And he was like, no, kind of, and he did it, just did it himself. But there's, there's, there's the nurturing element, you know, do you know how to do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Questioning. And it can make them feel like you're challenging me. Are you, yeah. But, yeah we, we, but, but if you flagged it up, then you can say, look, I'm not telling you how to do it, but no. you can look on YouTube. YouTube There's a million yeah. YouTube videos <laughs> on how to do this. Just don't cut yourself. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I think just having a list of stuff and just very gently, lightly working through it and saying, so these are the things mm. and this is why. Because also explaining why. Yeah. So I was in a cafe the other day and I noticed three teens coming in, older teens, and the girl, gorgeous girl, um, one of the guys dressed very neatly, very neatly groomed young man. And then the third one, he was, you know, I noticed his belt was an interesting buckle and then he was wearing these sort of slouchy trousers that looked like they came from a charity shop, interesting jacket. And then his hair was mattered really I mean it wasn't brushed at all but I just thought why does he look sexy and I'm not I'm not being a perv about this teenage, but it, it was it, I was trying to get my head around what it is about somebody who doesn't necessarily go through all the grooming routines I mean I'm married to a man who grooms very carefully mm. but you know there's an element of it's kind of I don't care yes. about it yes. and that's attractive to yeah. some teenagers so you know you have to sort of step into their world and go okay I can see why they would do that but maybe yeah. we have to explain so why is this so important and if you can't really give a good answer to it then maybe pick your battles yeah. so the tooth brushing is vital if it's unhygienic or it's affecting other people exactly. then explaining that Now, when it comes to my teens, I have a really relaxed attitude to how they choose to dress and present themselves. But the one thing I've always talked about is grooming and how the way we treat ourselves and maintain our own appearance tells other people how they should treat us. So, for example, when I'm ill, I don't wash my hair. I always know that I'm on the mend when I want to get back in the shower and lather up my head. So it's worth looking at how our teenager feels about themselves because poor hygiene can be a signal that, I don't know, they're depressed or they don't want to appear attractive because of unwanted attention. Or it could be just a much deeper issue to do with their own sense of self-worth. And one last thing, there was a a man called Kevin Van Horn who um, mentioned his situation because he said, I was a very sweaty teenager. I was an athlete Mm. and I didn't really even think about how much I stank um, until I ended up, they didn't know. Um, Well, people had said, you you stink. And he's like, yeah, marinating is great. And he but people <laughs> don't realize no, how they much don't care. They and they think. well they don't think it really is that no. they think it smells good to them because yeah. it's their own odor and they're used yeah. to it anyway he shared a room with another guy and that made him wake up because mm. that was really quite unpleasant yeah. and he said he finally realized it was actually his diet that was causing the really offensive odors because he was on a heavy carb diet yes. and it was you know wasn't very good with his microbiome so he started looking after his microbiome and he said the smell 
reduced dramatically. Amazing. That's so really there's an element of, of, you know, when we look at our teens, it's not necessarily always that they're not practicing good hygiene no. or they're not using soap. It could be other things yeah. that are causing the really offensive odours. And Which that's interesting. Yes. It made such a big difference. Well, he says really? it did. I mean, yeah, I wasn't no, there. I'm but. Sure that's right. <laughs> Activia, yogurts. But yeah. there were lots of podcasts on the, you know, there's the Gutology podcast. Yeah. If you want to listen to stuff about the gut, about microbiome and how important it yeah. is, there it are is. ways you can find this information yeah. that can possibly help your teens. Yes. yes. So those teenage years can be really tricky uh, when it comes to relationships. And if your teen isn't stinky, but they're still struggling with making new friends, maybe they've moved schools or they've gone to university or they've simply noticed that they'd like more friends. Uh, what advice do we give them? We'll talk about this next time. Yeah, that's a good one. That's interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. we all need a bit of that. Yeah, more friends. <laughs> more free, friend, or, free more friends, yeah. yes. Oh, I wish I'd had that advice when, when I was younger because it's it's hard. It is hard. We've all struggled a bit with that. Um, you know, occasionally you get kids who just seem to breeze through life yeah. without having to think about it. Most kids. But then most kids look to them and think that they're normal and they're not. And they're not normal, no. Also, smile if you know an entitled teen. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a friend's <laughs> offspring or has this species somehow moved into your own home? How does it happen and what can we do to fix it? We'll talk about that next time too. We will. That's it for now. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Review us so that other people can find us more easily. Tell your friends and send us any questions that you have. You can also reach Susie via her own website, which is a mindful-life.co.uk. Fantastic. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye for now.